On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. People love choices. This holiday season, give choice gift cards and let them choose their own gifts. It's genius. Available in stores and at giftcards.com. Bye now. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everybody listening to whatever time frame you're listening to. You've tuned back into the Mile High Pundit podcast. I am Jared Shuck, as you know. Uh, Joel James not here currently because, well, I screwed up. And... I posted the podcast to be uploaded on the wrong day and there was an intro and everything and now it's 10 o'clock on Friday night and realizing this going, <sighs> I just have to, I have to re-record this. So I'm doing this really quickly and then I'm going to put it into the file and then we're going to ship it off to you guys. So you guys can have it hopefully by the time you wake up Saturday morning so you can get your Phil the Pundit podcast and you're catching part two of our very, very interesting interview with Lorenzo Rodriguez. Uh, he's live every day on twitch.tv slash Lorenzo. And I mean, he's got so much good content right now. He's playing, uh, he's playing everything from Valorant to Warzone to Rogue Company, which is a new game that's coming out from Epic Games. Uh, it's just, it's he's a lot of fun to watch. He's really interactive on his stream. So if you get a chance to go by, drop him a follow and give him a follow on all of his social media as well. Really quickly, um, we're going to touch on just what has been the insanity of the NHL in the last couple days. Um, last night, Toronto blows a three-goal lead to Columbus, and Columbus takes a 2-1 series lead. Well, tonight, Columbus returns to favor and blows their own three-goal lead. I don't know what is going on in the series, but it is interesting to watch. Also, whatever predictions I had in the West, you can pretty much tear them up and throw them away because Joel was right, I was wrong, and I'm an idiot. And Connor McDavid needs to get out of Edmonton as fast as he can. I don't understand how a team like Edmonton loses to Chicago in four. And, and the same goes for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh just needs to blow it up at this point. They got rid of Phil Kessel, and guess what? Kessel's gone further now with Arizona than... Then the Penguins are going. The Penguins lost to Montreal, who is a 12 seed. Edmonton lost to Chicago, who's a who is a 12 seed. That is a problem in the organizational structure and with the with the game management of the coaches that needs to be hammered out. In any event, let's get into the interview with Lorenzo. I'm really excited to bring this one back to you guys. So let's jump in with Lorenzo. Let's touch on your your baby that you created. Um, <laughs> I, I, or you had a hand in creating. I can't remember the exact story, but yeah. um, Seven Kings Overwatch. 
Yeah. What? Uh, what's so? Just just walk me through like the the entire process because being being sport management majors, th- there's a huge process to doing this, and even being a business major, there's a right. whole process from funding to brand management to brand yep. equity. J- just can can you just run us through it real quick? Yeah. So one day I basically woke up. I said, you know what? Esports apparel, esports fashion is probably one of the cheesiest ugly and just poorly mismanaged fields in esports as great as esports is you know with the amazing production the the different types of lighting and you know all that good stuff you know to make it you know sparkle it's it's world class yes when you get to when the players step onto the field or to the pitch or you know or onto the stage they look disgusting <laughs> just raggedy and, and just raggedy like matching and, t-shirts that just look weird too right it, it, yeah so I, I was like you know what this this needs to change so I, I was like you know what I want to create a, uh, a uh, esports organization similar to a world class esports organization I think they're the best ones uh, in the in the scene right now not even necessarily because of the teams that they produce but just what they do for the community and for the industry and I wanted to be like, you know what? I want to be like a hundred thieves. I want to create my own apparel line. I want to create my own with my own content creator uh, or content creators. And I want to have an esports division where we, you know, compete and and compete for pa- cash prizes and stuff like that. And to start of it, uh, you know, my in-game name was uh, Lord is Lord Enzo. So my 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 process was you know what i want to do something that revolves around a kingdom you know like a lord and then i have seven people on my team you know they're all, we're all equally important and we all you know we all give something to the team in very special ways i'm going to just name it seven kings so when i went with that there was a tournament coming up in in denver in denver colorado at the local host arena there and it was the national championship uh, series uh, presented by Nerd Street Gamers, and it was just a, one of the best times of my life. And I was able to, you know, bring seven guys. We we funded through GoFundMe. Uh, we were able to uh, get some money from you know family and friends, and uh, you know smaller product sponsorships, uh, things like Runtime. It's a it's a nutritional brand that we became like an affiliate for. We didn't get much money out of it. I think we got like. 20 bucks because i think we sold one thing and we got like 20 (laughs) bucks out of it but uh yeah and and it was just it was just a really really good time and and bringing you know six guys over because at the time i was still living in denver but i was i was able to bring six guys to denver and we you know we rented out an airbnb all that good stuff you know for our first tournament and only being together with you know for three weeks it was it was an outstanding. I, I think we got top, out of sixteen teams, we got top six or top seven, and we got to play. You know, and got to meet a lot of different top players and network with different people. Um, and you know, one of the things that because esports is such a new industry, a lot of times when we were doing the recruiting to go to Denver, uh, people were very you know they're like very adamant about oh, you know I don't know about this like this is this seems a little fishy like. We don't know, or it's too expensive to go, you know, et cetera, et cetera, whatever the reason it may be. And luckily I was able to get, bring seven guys over. Um, and, you know, through that, we, we all streamed, we all, I made different apparel. So we all matched, you know, a Jersey with the lettering in the back. 
Um, we'd had a sports jacket, uh, the pants. Um, and what I was able to do, it really, what I love, my, I think my favorite part of Seven Kings was how I was able to really bring my vision of, of an apparel company, of a street apparel company, because where I got the uniforms was from Walmart. It was like a very cheap brand, <laughs> but I made it look so good, like so cool looking that you couldn't even tell, like you could have thought that we brought, got it from the Louis Vuitton store. And it was just like that certain type of passion and love that when you wear something like that and you go matching and you look very professional and you look better than everybody else, even in your, you know, $10 sports suits from Walmart, it just, it's just, it just brings out, you know, a whole different beast. Um, it's, it's so that, yeah. it's that look good, feel good, play good mentality. Exactly. And, exactly. and, and every athlete can resonate with that. Like, like if Absolutely. you didn't, if, if you went to class and you knew you had a game at seven and you, you went to class, just sweatpants, just looking like a bum, didn't do anything all day. And you, you weren't, you didn't feel good about yourself. There's no way you, you bring were, that energy. Yep. You, there's you no way you were going to get in the starting 11. No way. Yep. Yep. Whereas Absolutely. if you came to school, you you showered that morning, you got your hair done, you just you look put together. You could still be in sweatpants, obviously, but you look like you like you gave you you, right. you gave a crap when you woke up. Right. And it just just that that mental side of it going back to it, it's that mental side of it going, you know what? I spent the time to get ready. I'm doing the same thing I would do to prepare to to play tonight that I did in preparing to go. get ready to, to come out to school this yep. morning. Absolutely. So, so and with with you being in the competitive scene um i don't know if you still are as much as you used to be obviously mm-hmm. uh with overwatch i know you're you're dabbling more into Warzone right now it's more your it's more the niche mar- niche market right now right um I, I i know there's been some some really big problems with overwatch teams and um some of their racial issues Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't remember the exact team you posted it probably about two or three months ago where something had happened and, yep. and, and, and being, being, being a person of color as you are, um, ha- have you ever had to deal with something like this in esports or even w- when, when you were with seven Kings or, uh, it just in general and, and just how, how that looks on the gaming scene. Yeah. So, oh man, this is definitely a loaded question. Um, so that's what I do. The, <laughs> the so being a person of color or being a minority in general in in uh you know america as a whole or just you know we'll keep it we'll even dumb it down to esports um and get specific there is that in esports the pc gaming market is very uh it's a very expensive market and obviously we know that you know in black and brown communities there's not a lot of money so a lot of the a lot of the money that goes to you know groceries or just you know everyday living necessities right because obviously gaming is not a necessity it's um, a hobby, yeah right so a, a lot of times black and brown communities are not able to get those resources to pursue professional gaming or to even dabble into to gaming in general um so a lot of it are a lot of middle class or upper uh rich class communities that are all entangled into one and a lot of the kids being you know of white descent and when you mix that in with being a keyboard warrior or someone that just says anything they want because they know there's not going to be any repercussions it can get extremely extremely toxic um luckily you know with with my background 
I've been called the N word on the field a couple times in, in in Europe actually, and then you know, in the in the states, I, I I was speaking Spanish to one of my teammates on Metro, and and one of my own teammates uh, told an opposing player who was also speaking Spanish to us to speak you know speak English. This is our country. Speak English. So to hear that. To, or even to hear, even even when people, because you know, in esports, there's no camera when you're playing with with your with your teammates or with your friends. So a lot of people are like, "Oh wow, you don't you don't sound Puerto Rican, you don't sound Hispanic, you don't sound black, you sound white." And and, and for me, because we have to associate speaking well or speaking with manners is you know, and only a quote unquote a white thing. So you know, long story short, topple that all with everything. You bring that all together and and you have this toxic community. I'm not saying a majority of esports is not toxic. I, I've been able to, you know, make a little bit of a living off of it. I've made some money off of it. I've um, made some outstanding friendships and, and hoping to continue my business ventures in esports. Uh, but, you know, there's the, the organization that I that I fought with in, in Overwatch sp- specifically is that they had two players who used to just type the N word all the time in chat and these guys are like 15 16 um and with no repercussions and a lot of these organizations they only apologize when they got caught they only apologize oh sorry that we got caught we're not sorry about our players and there's never action done to any of those players we're just sorry that we got caught and we'll make them better humans we'll make them better players and for someone that's in the minority community it was just a huge slap in the face. And there's a lot of times where it's not only only minorities, it's also, you know, women, white women, black women, and, and Hispanic women, Asian women, all experiences as well of sexism, misogyny, uh, you know, r- racism, and, 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 you know, the list can go on and on. But And you see that a lot on Twitch streams too, because you, <laughs> especially with the, in, with, with the females, at least, mm-hmm. there there's a, I, I don't, want to use the exact term but um they're 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 essentially viewed as cam girls and yeah. and and while maybe they might be using some of that to try and gain a little bit of a following right the fact of the matter is that they still have some skill i mean right e- even someone as popular as pokimane i mean she doesn't do any of that stuff but right. she's still extremely popular and she still plays with nade shot courage mm-hmm. and i mean granted those are all people in the hundred thieves house now at this point um right after courage left optic and it's just it's one of those things where it's like it, it i've never understood it and and i mean we grew up in the modern world for two lobbies and, <laughs> and yep. black ops lobbies where those if you didn't have some thick skin Mm-hmm. You you were gonna get torn apart in those lobbies. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because De- definitely different times. In in, in two thousand eight, from like two thousand eight to two thousand ten, in that area. Yeah. I mean, yep. those were probably the most. Well, actually, it was probably about oh nine to twenty twelve. Those right. were probably the most brutal Call of Duty lobbies you could ever have. Yep. I mean, oh yeah. It, it was every word in the book and then you went to urban dictionary and found some more <laughs> like yeah I, I remember some of those lobbies with with my friends and one of them who's um he's he's asian uh but he but he's still from the states his family uh his his family background's from japan his last name is yoshi so we always called him yoshi yeah well, his name was yoshi on his account and let, let's just say he got a lot of 
ethnic things thrown at him and and mm. we and we would joke with him about Pearl Harbor and things like that obviously because I mean we're good friends but right w- once it, like it started stepping over the line we start right. going okay how do we defend him and and even now like even in popular YouTube videos like from Wildcat or from Tim even mm-hmm. and as, as especially Marcel like I see a lot from um, basically I do work Marcel and like, it, it's always just you, they they are trying to trigger people and this is nothing on them I, I enjoy their videos to all extent but th- there's a lot of almost pushing buttons to see how far you can push someone until you back them into a corner to where all they know is just a racial show a racial mm, yep. and, and and i mean it works a lot it's gonna get views it's gonna get clickbait titles obviously but it, as a community like as a whole right it, it's and this is coming from someone who's not a person of color. I'm obviously a very white person, group very white. And <laughs> even even from my view, I'm like, that's, I mean, yeah, it's kind of funny, but at the same, like, and like they're laughing about it, but at the same time, we're, we're still trying to progress as a society. Right. And, and, and being with everything that's going on in the social landscape right now, mm, yep. I mean, if we continue to have this through our lobbies and i mean there's so many issues with 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 blizzard's call of duty right now that we we could spend probably another half hour on that with no (laughs) anti-cheat and everything else and that's just plaguing the community and the 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 root of the issue is that we are still enabling this type of activity from not only the recreational players, but also from the professional players, like you spoke mm-hmm. of in Overwatch. Yeah, and I know that's and, very interesting. Yeah, and 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 when there's no accountability, and it starts at the top, it's going to start with those professional players. It'd be the same thing that if this was going on in MLS, if this was going on in the MLB or the NBA or the NFL or even the NHL, because there is a small population of minority players in the NHL who have experienced racism, but it's primarily from coaches. It's never from their peers, which I always seem to find very interesting that it's never right. their peers. Yeah, um, for sure. So how, and from our side of the community, from the recreational side, for the most part, in a, in a nutshell, how do we start to build that change? Yeah. No, that's definitely a great question. Um, I think, I think a lot of it, it really has to come down to when you don't see it from the professional levels, or not only just the professional players, but also from the developers themselves. Um, you know, having more in-game promotions promoting, you know, a women's tournament or you know, a, a new hero that is African American or Hispanic or whatever. But I, I think when we have to, when we wait for developers, for pros to do it, it's like waiting for our politicians to do it for us. And it has to come from the gra- grassroots, grassroots, excuse me, the grassroots level. Um, I know a lot of times uh, when I play, you know, with, with a girl or, or other girl gamers and, you know, these girls are afraid to speak in the mic to, to, you know, 12, 13, 14 year olds, or, you know, they could be older as well, but you know, the typical gamer age group of, you know, 13 to to 30, they're, they're genuinely afraid because of the outlash and the misogyny that they'll experience. And I think what I've, what I've done that, you know, obviously it's, it's not a hundred percent win rate or success rate, 
but you know just calling it out right when you hear it um i i know when when a when a when a little kid i remember just like uh, the other day i was playing with a girl and and uh this kid was like oh you're a girl you know very you know trying to taunt her and and you know just be being immature uh i think when we when we step away from that boys will be boys mentality and teach them to be a good human and we called it out right there. The kid was like, oh, I'm sorry. And, and you know, he, he played with the girl with no problems after he was called out. Um, so there's a bunch of little things that I think as a, as a community, both as, as gamers, as, as, you know, people, as Americans or, or, or what have you, it all has to come to, you know, these one-on-one dialogues that you and I are having. Um, that people, you know, hopefully that we struck gold with somebody that's listening to this and they're like, oh, wow, you know what? I'm going to do that in my games. And it just and it just spreads like a wildfire through there. Um, you know, I don't I don't know if you've noticed, but in esports competitions, they do not play the the national anthem. I don't know if you've noticed that. No, but I haven't noticed that. It, it's something that's very interesting. Like, OK, like the nationalism part of it is taking out. Obviously, we're not going to see the 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 effects of it, but I'd be really interesting to see the effects of putting the national anthem versus not putting the national anthem in traditional sports. And, you know, I, I think that also has to deal with a little bit of the racial, um, I guess the, the racial comments that people can say both in game and out of game, it, you know, this goes to Twitch culture, the different emotes that people use. Um, and, you know, not having, not having a, a national anthem, um, you know, I would be really curious to see, is that something that would promote more unity or does that keep it at bay? I, I'd be really interested to find that. Find out. I, and I think it'd be really interesting too, to see if, if, if esports continues on this projection, like we've been seeing where mm-hmm. it's going to continuously build, it's over a billion dollar industry already. And right. if it continues to build in someone like the IOC, the International Olympic Committee takes notice of it mm-hmm. and, and they go to put it in into what's just let's throw it in the summer games. Why not? We'll just throw it in the summer games for whatever reason. He put it in the winter too for you have some right. you have something every two years that has to do with esports, regardless of whether it's League of Legends, Overwatch, um whatever it might be. And if they would still continue that trend mm. through that way, because right. w- with something like the Olympics where it is very national, uh, national driven, and there's a lot of national pride behind it, obviously w- right. would, would that still hinder that? Would it, would they look past it? it? It's just one of those, what if things where we're still like, even in this COVID times where we're still in that very, right. what if, what if we right. never go back to normal? What if schools don't go back in the fall? What if they're right. held out until January? It's these are all these just major, what if questions that we never thought would ever happen? Mm, yeah. And, no, yeah, definitely. And I think, uh, sorry to cut you off, but I, when good. I, when I, when I went to uh, BlizzCon, um, you know, a convention hosted by Blizzard, Blizzard entertainment, you know, the guys that make overwatch and, and all that stuff. And I was able to watch the United States uh, win the the first ever, uh, the tournament's been going on for five years, uh, the first ever Overwatch World Cup. And normally it was always either, I think it was every time it's been three times, uh, or yeah, three times Korea, one time China, and then one time the United States. And being in a, at a gaming convention, I was actually very surprised to see the diversity that was there and something that when the nationalism is 
approached in that way of not being like we're gonna shove it down your throats like you have to do this for the national anthem and you have to do this with the flag and this this and this i think when it's like when it's built from the ground up that just the grassroots again i'm gonna go back to this word grassroots i think there was some sort of unity in that arena that someone like you know the person next to me was white and then the next person with me was you know was brown and it and it reflected the game of overwatch itself and i think when more developers push for more inclusivity and more diversity in their games themselves and host different uh you know world cup type of events i think that will also in turn combat racism because if you look at the overwatch world cup usa roster there was actually you know not as much as as we wanted to to look like but there was different at least a little bit of different shades than than previous years um and it just goes to show that you know that there's more um more minorities more more uh women joining and it also it comes to the help of we need help from everybody whether it's hispanics fighting for hispanics rights and minority rights in general but it's also coming from you know people of caucasian descent of also helping the the movements and 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 pressuring using their voices and pressuring developers pressuring kids who are saying misogynistic comments um for girl streamers or girl gamers in general so it's very interesting and it's it's always very interesting to hear from the other side of the coin about racism across multiple aspects, mm-hmm. athletics, esports, all that. Because I, I mean, I can even think of last year when Motor Brother and I went to uh, the Avalanche playoff games when they were here, mm-hmm. and yeah. we would see white, white, brown, pink, purple, blue, you know, every color of the rainbow at the games, right. and we we sat next to. Uh, a couple people, I don't remember which game it was. I think it was in the first round at some point, and 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 they were minority of minority descent. I'm not going to say exactly because I'm not positive, so I don't want to offend anything. Um, and they leaned over and said, "We are brand new to this. Can you help us out?" And I looked at him and I looked <laughs> nice. at him and said, "If you don't mind the profanity." <laughs> Like, I mean, that just kind of comes with the territory and they're like, we don't care. Yeah, that's fine. So, and now that, now that person is, has turned into a lifelong hockey fan. And now we, now there's a cult following of people who are starting to get into hockey and, and, and I know the stigma behind hockey. It's just, it's just like golf until Tiger Woods broke that barrier. Mm -hmm. It it is, it is very historically a white sport and a very rich Canadian sport. Right. I understand that. It's fine. Yeah. And, and I'll have to say like what you did there does a lot more than just some politicians saying, okay, we're going to sign this bill to expedite the process because for me i feel like that right there you just brought in a minority couple or or whatever and you and you brought them and you included them into the process of hey this is the culture of hockey welcome aboard and i think that was that goes to show for the overwatch world cup as well and the esports side of things or just the league of legends world world championships that also you know that that sense of pride together organically and not hey just i'm going to stick up I'm going to put my hand over my heart and you're doing it too. So I guess we kind of have to like each other. Yeah. But the, the fact that you were able to, you know, to relate to somebody one-on-one uh, at the very ground level, I, I think that pushes the, the conversation far more further than just, you know, politicians or just, you know, different things like that. 
forward. So, and, and I will say, I've had more issues with white people at Avs games than I've had with any other people. It's it's <laughs> the most disturbing thing ever, and and it's and it's it's just it's something as simple as just screaming and cussing in front of like kids like way too much like, like i get it you're at a hockey game right right I, I i get it i do it a lot especially during playoff games but i also take a look at my surroundings mm. and understand who's around me it's not right. it's not just like oh switch. I'm, I'm going to a hockey game or i'm going to a broncos game where there's sixty four thousand people who are as drunk as i am that's not the case <laughs> there, there's a lot of families right. especially up in the third deck which is where i like to sit because first off it's a party deck and that's where all the, the drunk college kids go it's a lot of fun. It's, right. it's like it's like the rooftop at Coors Field, essentially. Okay. Okay. And yep. You have people who are actually really knowledgeable about hockey who are up there, and people who just want to learn. Mm. It's it's a very interesting dynamic of people That's who awesome. sit up in the in the upper sections of Pepsi Center, and and the people who sit down in the first bowl, the people you see on TV, typically on on the broadcast, those are the people who bought the season tickets because they had the money are there just because it's a playoff game and they want to say they went to the playoff game, which is <laughs> yep. pretty normal. It, it's, yeah. it's like saying you went to the world cup. You just go to go. You don't care who's playing. Right. Uh, and, or it's just, it's people who honestly don't, don't give a rats about hockey in general and right. are just there. Right. And it, it's usually the people in those, in, in that, in the first probably eight rows in the 100 section where there is a, big problem with really giving off the wrong vibe of what the hockey fans in general really are mm. and and i think that goes across almost every sport because if you look courtside at a nuggets game right i mean you've got probably either a pro athletes because you know everyone's trying to get a rub from somebody or someone or they're giving each other tickets whatever it might be or rich white people typically mm-hmm. as well especially here in denver i mean you get a lot of those rich white people who are sitting courtside at nuggets games right and the the people who are there to truly watch the game are usually sitting back in the 100s or up in the threes because mm-hmm. tickets are stupidly overpriced right for god knows what reason like i i i fully believe it has to do every bit with these contracts that players are signing but mm-hmm. oh yeah just, that's a mess in general so uh, just to circle back on a couple things we've been talking about, what's your plans right now for your gaming career and outside of your masters, um, yeah. like your gaming career? Cause I know you're back streaming on Twitch mm-hmm. and, uh, making YouTube videos now a lot more. Yep. So what, what, what's kind of your plans right now? Yeah. So one of my, one of my very, very favorite people, and you actually mentioned him earlier in the show was, uh, uh, Nate Shot, who is the owner of, of 100 Thieves. And that's someone that I really, 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 really look up towards. Um, he's definitely one of my motivations and one of my inspirations. Um, the fact that he wants to do that he's doing everything and he wants to continue doing everything that I have my mindset on. Um, he just, you know, he's, he does it on a much grander scale of things, you know, with millions of dollars and having Drake as an investor. Uh, that also helps. <laughs> um, but Slight rub. Right. <laughs> um, and so what I, what I really want to do is when I get my master's and, and with my gaming career and my, and my streaming career, I really want to, uh, you know, bridge the gap between the mainstream versus and, and, and give that special 
give that special perspective that people don't really see because I'm able to bring, you know, an athletic uh, perspective and I also can bring an esports perspective, both as a player and a businessman in both fields. So I want to really, really touch, you know, get my content out there that is going to bring entertainment. I'm going to bring a lot of fashion uh, to my content. I, I'm really very passionate about fashion um, just or just competing in general. And I really want to break barriers for other minorities or just other people in general. I want to bring a, 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 along with me um, and, you know, one day continue building upon Seven Kings or, or starting a completely new company um, in that in that same field that 100 Thieves is. So uh, when I go to L.A., I really want to, you know, find different jobs or internships that are going to give me that opportunity to network and and i think if you want to get into esports los angeles california is the place to be uh it's like you know when you go and you want to be an actor like that you know hollywood is is where you want to end up los angeles california baby it's it's, it's the way you want you want to be so uh moving forward i still want to play competitively you know if contract does come up and i and i get a a, a tryout some out somewhere uh, for a good team, then I'll definitely pursue that. Um, but for right now, streaming has been super, super fun. Being a variety streamer, I think finally being able to not have to practice eight hours a day or six, eight hours a day against the best of the best every single day or against other Overwatch League players on the daily has been a nice transition for me, especially during COVID where everything has to feel so stressful. But you know, when I get to gaming and I, when I click that go live button, I just have a, a nice little community of, you know, six, seven people watching um, and, and it means the world. So um, that's currently my plans right now. So and, and you just you just dropped your uh, your no prisoners teaser last night. Yep. Your Twitch stream, and yep. I am looking at your YouTube right now. It's up on YouTube as well. Uh, Ward Enzo is the YouTube, and we're gonna put it all in the description for uh, for Perfect. listeners as well. So sweet. Um, my my, I, I have one final question for you. Yeah. Do you still love Doritos? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we may need like another two hours to explain that story, that's but a, that's a really good story. <laughs> I do love me some Doritos. Yes. There, there was a a New Year's Eve fiesta, and I, I showed up toward the end of closer to the New Year of uh, 2019, and <laughs> Lorenzo was munching on some doritos and he was getting them everywhere <laughs> i was so excited and i just i just dumped them everywhere my my fiance still thinks that, like whenever she sees like a bag of like red doritos she <laughs> she goes I, I look at her and she goes i wonder if lorenzo wants some <laughs> so oh i you, love it you I always, love you'll always have like a, a memory there like that's just like one of those funny memories we will always have of like okay he loves those Doritos <laughs> and, and will and like things like that. Um, oh man, I love it. But yeah, I mean, hey, it was awesome to catch up with you again. I mean, it's been a while since. Likewise, I, man. I, I know you moved to Texas, so it's it's been been a little hard to keep in contact. But I mean, yeah. uh, obviously, it's always great catching up with you. And uh, absolutely, if if you want to check out Lorenzo, you can check him out on YouTube, Twitch.tv. Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok. I saw you just started your TikTok as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All oh, Lord Enzo ninety six. <clears throat> yep, all of them. So, TikTok is Lord Enzo ninety six. 
Twitch is Lord Enzo. YouTube is Lord Enzo. I want to say your Instagram is Lord Enzo as well, only as well as your 96. Twitter. Ninety six. Okay. Yep. So uh, we'll get all that in the description for you as well. So awesome. get you a little more clout, hopefully. But hey, like I said, it was awesome catching back up with you. Uh, Thank you. Let's, Thank you for having me. We'll, we'll, we'll have to touch base again once you start your master's program. For sure, man. And uh, whenever you need me back on, I'm I'm happy to happy to join in. It was really fun. Thanks right. for having me. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Thanks. All right. Once again, our thanks to Lorenzo for sitting down and doing that interview with us. Uh, like I said, this has just been really awesome. It was also really informative. It was great just to catch up with the guy as well. And as you heard in this two-part interview, I mean, we touched on everything. And now you know Lorenzo's love of Doritos. I mean, that that's still probably one of my favorite stories to tell of Lorenzo. And that, that bond that we created over those three years, essentially, at Metro was which is really great and it's great to call him a friend and um a really close ally as well when it comes to the world of video gaming uh really quickly just as we close up here the abs are playing to when this gets posted i hope tonight tomorrow uh saturday august 8th so 8 8 2020 the abs will play vegas to see who gets the number one seed in the west the abs have looked dominant and especially against I and I understand it was a depleted Dallas team they didn't have Klingberg and they didn't have Ben Bishop but I mean the abs just look solid and all but one goal was scored by free agency or trade deadline acquisitions by Joe Sackick again how he does not nominated for general manager of the year I'm starting to lose my mind over this okay so let's just get out there also Rockies wow really playing well um, as I look up right now they're in the top of the eighth leading six to three over the Seattle Mariners and I don't know it's just they, they just look really good right now I just can't understand it they look really good the Nuggets look good coming back against Portland I mean that was an insane comeback so and with the really depleted roster as well so this is gonna be a really good good week of sports again and if here's selfishly obviously with Joel not being here I'm gonna be a little bit selfish if the Avs win tomorrow they will play Chicago in the first round as I've said in previous podcasts, my fiance is a Blackhawks fan and we will be having relationship problems for the next two weeks. So expect me to be very cheerful and everything on the podcast. So once again, you've been listening to the Mile High Pundit podcast. We are working on getting a Twitter feed and we are working on getting a Twitch stream set up. I am working on that as we speak. And so that way you guys can always have information coming from our Twitter handles and from any social media area you want. And you can tune and you'll be able to start tuning in live on Twitch streams very very soon. So once again, for Joel James, I'm Jared Chuck. You've been listening to the Mile High Pundit Podcast, and we will catch you later on. I'm losing control, but I can't let it go, because I'm trying to get more, and I've been in a moment. I've been in a zone, and I'm moving alone. I don't pick up the phone when my family call. I've been doing it wrong, and I don't know what's happening. Trying to get what I've just been imagining. Getting close, and I've just been examining all of the fictions the game has been packaging. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com.